Welcome to Chalk and Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. I hope this ain't going to be a disaster. Oh boy, here we go. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. It's one thing to talk about trusting God and walking by faith. It's another thing to do it. What exactly am I supposed to do? Like, what is God's part and what is my part? So think about our study of Abraham as going to the school of faith. We can learn a lot from Abraham about what it means to trust God and walk by faith. But at some point, you have to go from the classroom to the real world to apply what you've learned. That's not so easy. Perhaps our story in this episode can help. You might say that Abraham has been in the school of faith for many years. His willingness to trust God with his son Isaac in chapter 22 was the final exam, and he passed beautifully. Now all he has left to do is to find a bride for Isaac, and he can die in peace. Of course, this is easier said than done. The story is found in Genesis 24. God did not want Isaac to marry a girl from among the Canaanites. She needed to be someone from the household of Abraham. The big problem? They all lived about 500 miles away back in Ur. One big issue we all wrestle with in our faith walk is what is our part and what is God's part? Some people just sit back and do nothing, waiting for God to solve all the problems. Others rush ahead and try to fix everything, hoping God will catch up and bless their efforts. However, as we'll see in our story today, the true walk of faith requires both our part and God's part. Abraham instructed one of his servants to travel 500 miles back to Ur to find a bride for Isaac and to bring her back. Abraham is emphatic. He doesn't want Isaac to leave the land of promise and go back himself. Remember, this is all Isaac had ever known. Living in a tent in the desert wasn't easy. I think Abraham was concerned that if Isaac went back to his relatives in Ur and experienced a much easier way of life, he just may not return. Abraham knew for the promise of God to be fulfilled, Isaac must have a wife and must remain in the land. Why tempt Isaac unnecessarily? So he sends his servant. The servant had a difficult task. He must convince a young girl to leave her family and civilization to travel 500 miles to marry a man living in a tent whom she's never met. After a long 30-day journey, the servant arrives, and the first thing he does is pray. He lays before God a plan to help identify the girl that God has chosen for Isaac. The motive of his heart is to surrender to God's leading to find the right girl. The plan was that when women came out to the well for water, he would ask for a drink. The woman who not only gives him a drink but also offers to water his camels will be the girl God has prepared for Isaac. The servant barely finishes his prayer and a group of women come out from the city to the well. One of them, by the name of Rebekah, fulfills the plan perfectly. 
The servant knows at that moment that Rebekah is the one God has chosen for Isaac. The servant explains to Rebekah what he is doing and how she perfectly fulfilled God's plan. She takes him to meet her family and learns they are relatives of Abraham, exactly as Abraham had instructed. The servant explains the situation again and rehearses how Rebekah perfectly fulfilled the plan, revealing she is God's choice. While Rebekah and her family did not know the God of Abraham, it was obvious that God had orchestrated the events of the day, and they believed God had chosen Rebekah for Abraham's son. Perhaps today we would say something like, it was a God thing. So Rebekah agreed to go with the blessing of her family, and the servant returned with a beautiful wife for Isaac. When Isaac heard how God perfectly orchestrated the events in Ur at the well, he too is convinced, and that evening he and Rebekah were married. This is now the end of the Abraham story and the beginning of the Isaac story in Genesis. In our final episode of the season, we will look at the death of Abraham. What we learn in this story is that the faith walk includes both our part and God's part. Abraham didn't just sit in his tent and pray and wait for a bride to walk into the tent. He clearly understood that for Isaac to have descendants, he needed a wife. So he took action accordingly, using his best judgment. The servant did his part, but understood only God could orchestrate events in such a way that he could identify the right girl for Isaac. It was God's part that convinced Rebekah and her family that God was in this, and they willingly obeyed. One final thing that is critical to understand is that what Abraham, the servant, and Isaac all wanted was what God wanted. This was done to obey God and continue by faith to trust that God would faithfully fulfill his promise to Abraham. This was not done to get God to bless their latest scheme. All the players in this story sincerely wanted to know God's will and obey him. A huge issue in taking steps of faith is making sure our motives are right. The faith walk is always a walk of obedience. It's not a way to get God to give me what I want. Remember, there is always my part, and there's God's part. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. So guys, let's say our listeners are wrestling with a big decision they need to make. How can you help them understand some very practical steps for discerning God's will? What would you say is their part, and what is God's part? Oh, well, I'll pass on this one. How about you? <laughs> Take it, Dan. I was just about to Take say, Ned, do you want to go first on this? <laughs> no, this is, this is probably one of the most practical discussions, I mean, we could have because I don't know anyone who hasn't wrestled with this. I mean, this is a pretty big topic. Yeah, I mean, I wake up every day. And I always say, God, at some point, give me an opportunity to just throw a seed to somebody today. Like, for instance, I want to get into, like, helping in the faith-based movie industry, you know, like writing something or acting. And, and I've never done it before. I don't even know if that's what God wants me to do. Hmm. So I wake up and go, look, if there's any opportunities today that may arise in, the fee- in these fields where I think that I have a talent for, and especially if there's, give me an opening 
to just spread a seed every now and then. Mm. That's what I pray. And then it happens. Generally, every day, if I'm out in public, somebody will say something to me that will trigger a God moment to where you just subtly, hey, you know what? Well, you know, God's good. You know, if I didn't, tell you what, if I didn't have Jesus living in my heart, I probably wouldn't, you know, something like that that throws out a little seed, and they may not even react to it, but you got it in there, mm. and they're thinking about it. Because there's mm. one thing that I have learned about this life. When you're the one that kind of goes against the grain of what other people are doing, and you seem a little bit different, and you're not really getting asked to a lot of crazy events like you normally were getting asked to, I do find that when it starts getting hot, when somebody's got some issue that's really bugging them, you're the one that they come to. Mm -hmm. They're not going to the guy that they just got done, you know, putting a buck in a garter belt and <laughs> and uh, down in a couple of hard ciders. Mm -hmm. They're coming up to you going, hey, let me ask you something. You know, so it works. Mm -hmm. But it's sometimes it is hard to discern because you have what you want to do. But God may have something else for you along the way. Mm -hmm. So I pray every day to, to give me some guidance. And believe it or not, it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I got a, I, got, I remember I had a buddy of mine that called me up out of nowhere, hadn't talked to him in 20 years. And he goes, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, I saw you're doing this Bible podcast. And then I saw your, your little testimony down at Liberty. He goes, you know, I quit doing uh, stand up. 20 years, 10 years ago, I became a Christian, and I'm writing these faith-based movies out of nowhere, hmm. you know? And it's like, wow, you know, that was not a coincidence. Uh -huh. That something's happening. Let me see if this is something I'd like to pursue. You know, so hmm. I, just in my own experience, Nat and Brian, it is hard to determine sometimes because you have what you want to do. Mm. But the only thing I can say is if you get up in the morning and you just say, hey, God, just uh, lead me in something that helps me to further your kingdom. Just something. I don't know what it is. I, you know, just let me know what it is. And generally, if you keep your mind open to that, Something along the way will pop. You'll see something. Well, you have a, well, you have a posture of obedience, and how? What? What better way to follow God's will than to have that posture, right? Absolutely. Now here comes the situation. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's mm -hmm. do this project. We need you to come to blah 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 for two and a half months. Ah, you know. I want to be with my kids. I am. I'm, I got these golf things set up. Mm -hmm. I got now. That's where your part comes in. You prayed for it. Mm -hmm. Now you got an opportunity to do it. Now you got to step up and do your part. Right. You know, God already laid it out there for you. Now, now it's up to me to. Okay. Well, shoot. I wish I wouldn't said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I get it. I get yeah. you have to do your part. If you're in the Word and you really want things to happen and you keep your mind open and you're always going about your day and letting God just handle it, uh, something's going to show up. But when it shows up, you better be prepared to take your steps because God will show you mm. what you wanted. 
Well, so, or, or the form thereof, something that you asked for. So hmm. one of the things that I think is helpful, and your answer is really good, and we can break it down into pieces. Unpack. They say now unpack this. Unpack <laughs> your, your answer there. So when we're talking about the will of God, there's the sovereign will of God, and that's what will be accomplished. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. And then we move to what we call the desired will of God, and that's what he's revealed in the scriptures, but we can choose to obey or disobey. So one of the things I always tell people is if you're searching for the kind of the mysterious will of God, which is the third category, hmm. you first need to make sure you're being obedient to the revealed will of God. So the Bible says things like, it is God's will that you be filled with the Spirit. It is God's will that you abstain from sexual immorality. It is God's will that you suffer for my sake. So there's a whole number of statements like that. It's mm. like, what well, if you're searching for God's will, mm. the first thing is to make sure you're already obedient to what he's already told you. Mm-hmm. And then I think you move to what we call the mysterious will of God, which is, does he want me to make a faith-based movie or something like that. So you have the sovereign will of God, but God's will is that all people would come to know Jesus as Savior. So you're acting on that by saying that matters to you. Hmm. And every day you know that's God's will, so you're asking how does God want you to be part of that? So that's obedience to that. And then the mysterious part is how does that flesh out? Does it flesh out in a movie or personal conversations? So I think that's helpful to understand the will of God on those three levels. Wow. So that was like seminary 101. I was glad you went there. I had thought about it, but I thought, nah, I'm going to let Brian handle that. So, okay. So years ago, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember coming to you asking you a question. Should I do A or B? And this was the answer you gave me. And I'm just curious, this is still kind of the answer you'd give today. And I I think it would be, but... So people have two options, red car, green car. Which car should I buy? God, help me understand. And what you told me was, well, Nat, if it's between a Mercedes and a Chevy and you can't afford the Mercedes, then it makes it really clear because one's disobedient, one is obedient to what you have. But if it's red or green and they're both the Chevy and you can afford both, it's a, it's a flip of a coin. There isn't a right or wrong. It's not a moral issue. And I think people, I mean, was that still the answer you'd give, first of all? Right. Right. That's a I'd, good I'd, answer. I'd, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'd make my car one side red, one, one side, side green. Oh, boy. So if there was Christmas a hit and car, run, there'd there be conflicting go. reports. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> right. put it in the movie. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think that's really helpful for us when we're trying to discern God's will. I mean, I remember when I came on staff at Back to the Bible, for example. I mean, I was looking at some opportunities to become a lead pastor or, or just, you know, where, where does God want me to, to move? And then got a call from Arnie Cole, and that was in, court, in relationship to your wife, Dan Kara, who said, hey, you should, you know, really consider this, this crazy young preacher to come on staff. And here I was with that She's decision. She's still kicking herself. Yeah, I know, that. right? Right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I am so sorry, me. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know the truth finally came out, and you heard it here on TNT, uh. Truth. Uh, but I remember really wrestling with that. Okay, God, it seems like you've equipped me to become a lead pastor and a preacher, but yet you've given me this real unique opportunity. And it was. It was that flip of a coin. So I prayed about it. I got counsel and went back to the Bible. And then I made a decision. And I got to say, I think I made the right decision. 
But I could easily have gone to become a lead pastor somewhere and I think would have probably been within the will of God, right? Yeah, there's a lot of debate about how specific the will of God is. So back to does God really have a will as to whether your car is red or green? Mm -hmm. And I would say, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. It's principles of stewardship and obedience and generosity and all those kinds of things. I think genuinely in your heart, you're sincerely seeking, what does God want from me? Mm. I, I want to invest my life in the things that matter. That's what you're trying to figure out. And I think God has his ways of getting you where he wants you. Right. And so, yeah, I, I don't think it's always as specific as should I eat cornflakes or oatmeal for breakfast? Mm. <laughs> it's like, but these are, the, these are the principles. This is God's will. And then what does that mean for me? And that's what we're trying to figure out. Is it specifically, is it making a movie? Is it doing this show? Is it being a lead pastor? Is it doing a radio show? And I think if our motives are right, God has a way of getting us where he wants us. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is in order to discern and try to discern what God's will will be, you have to be willing to first move the kingdom along, correct? Mm. Right. Okay, so you you first have to wake up and say, look, I don't, I'm going to work, I'm doing this. I am willing, whatever it, whatever it takes, I want, to, I want the kingdom to grow. And so just help me drop a seed to somebody today, and if there's another direction I need to go in my life, just... At some point, let me throw something out there. I think, and that's if you're willing exactly to do right. that, then yes. you're you're pretty much in. Yes, I think God will get you there. Hmm. Right. If your heart and motive is to obey, then I think God has His ways of taking care of the rest. And then I think if you're having a hard time and you can't discern God's will, maybe you should look back and go. Well, am I just saying this, or am I? Because maybe, maybe he knows that you're not going to act on it. Yeah. I mean, do you really want to act on something like that? Because if you really want to do your part, he will do his part. But maybe you, yeah. maybe you're, maybe you should look back at yourself a little bit more and go, do you really want to do yeah. what God or, brings you? Or maybe he just has his reasons. Right. So something's delayed. Right. I mean, I just think heart and motive is the key. Absolutely. And God will, God will take care of the rest. Yeah, so if you got the right motives, man, if you get up every morning and just say, man, just help me help me further the kingdom. I want to be a part of it. I want to do something. I'm going to go to work today, and I'm going to, and I, you know, I'm going to try and be as much like Jesus as I can. I'm going to fail, but I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to stay engaged in uh, whatever God has for me today then I'm going to take it. Yeah, That's great. pretty much your attitude. Yeah. It was great to have you with us for Talkin' Truth. Ryan, Dan, and their guest Nat will be back next week. In the meantime, be sure to check out Brian's book, Ignite Your Faith. Ignite Your Faith explores the story of Abraham to help you discover what it means to take God at His word and move forward in faith. Order your copy at TalkinTruth.com. That's talk, letter N, truth.com. 